Hey, everyone. Welcome to Lockdown Lakers for Wednesday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky are the team's two stars. LeBron James and Anthony Davis still worth going all in for. That's next on Lockdown Lakers. You are Locked On Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you to everybody for making Locked On Lakers your first listen of every day, Monday through Friday. Andy, no matter how or where you get your podcasts, you can always find us for free, never behind a paywall. Somebody asked me, uh, asked us, I should say, earlier in the why do we tell people that? It's it's so they know that it's always free and never behind a paywall. That's why we tell people because not everything is free and not behind a paywall, but this is. Uh, Locked On Lakers on YouTube is where you go to see the show, to participate in the Locked on Lakers YouTube community, which is growing and growing and growing. Lots of comments on every post, people interacting with each other. We really appreciate it. We uh, try to use as much of that as possible on the shows whenever we can. Leave us questions, leave us comments specifically to us uh, and things like that. We will we will definitely try to weave those in. Uh, make another Locked on Podcast your second listen of every day. Um, on Monday's show, we put a question out, Andy, asking whether or not... Uh, Tuesday's show. I'm sorry, Tuesday show. Right. Today is uh, Wednesday show. Tuesday show. We put out uh, a question asking whether or not LeBron James and Anthony Davis are still good enough, still consistently excellent enough to be uh, to build around. Uh, put a poll up there on Camp Brothers or Twitter. Is LeBron James clearly a top five player? Is Anthony Davis clearly a top 10 player? Well, interesting results to that poll, which we'll get to. Um, but first, a little bit of news. The cavalry is coming. It was announced Tuesday that Thomas Bryant, Dennis Schroeder, and Kendrick Nunn uh, participated in a South Bay Lakers practice, the G League team. Uh, they have since been recalled uh, back to the big club. But Lest the, you think it was a permanent demotion. Right. Um, but given that the Lakers did not practice Monday or Tuesday, they're going to start resuming practice on Wednesday. This was significant because for Schroeder and Bryant, who – have not played this season, you want to give them, or barely this season, I can't remember with Brian's Bryant. played all, a little bit. Yeah. A little bit, but for all intents and purposes, has not. You want to give those guys as much replication of actual practice um, in terms of their conditioning, in terms of their timing, everything like that. And then, honestly, with Kendrick Nunn, it's about trying to get his proverbial bleep together because he just has been unplayable and he's just struggled in ways that really make Schroeder coming back notable because a the Lakers could use that uh that guard play and some of Schroeder's specific skill set but also Schroeder's return could very well mean Kendrick Nunn back out of the rotation at the very least what it means is that Kendrick Nunn is on very limited opportunities he is on borrowed time to stay in the rotation yeah, it, it's interesting. By the way, you're you were correct. Neither one. Of, I thought I thought they'd played at the beginning of the year. Or very very early. You're right. Neither one of us played. Um, it's it, it is. Let's let's talk about the the guys who are coming back first because you know so much was made and we we spent a lot of time on. You can go back and listen to uh, I guess a longer version of this conversation on on Tuesday's show. So much was made of Mark Stein's 
uh, reporting on his Substack, the Lakers want to see what things look like with Schroeder and Bryant back in the lineup before they make any big deals. Um, you know, there's a, a natural tendency to overreact to to everything, but you know, setting aside the the wisdom of you know, do we really need to see what it looks like uh, and that whole debate? Like the Lakers are short on competent players, on players that are are average to above average NBA players. And I don't know if Tom, you know, Thomas Bryant was kind of all over the place in the preseason, had some good moments, had some bad moments, certainly provided, uh, you know, an energy to the uh, to the front court. And, you know, certainly on paper profiles as somebody who can help them at the center rotation. But right now he helps because at worst he ought to be a playable body and they don't have anyone because Damian Jones really hasn't been good at all. They don't have anyone that they can play in that position to give Darvin Ham choices. And again, you can debate what Dennis Schroeder is, but he should be someone who can help them create offense and generate scoring opportunities. And that is still a major problem for this team. And so, you know, low bar to clear, but just to have playable guys in the rotation could make a significant difference to what it looks like going forward. Right. And what it looks like going forward is ultimately going to give the front office, whether you agree with this methodology or not. And for what it's worth, I think there is a real logic to it, but it's going to give them the information they need for when they decide whether or not this team has a foundation that if you make a move, it's worth it. And like we talked about before, Brian, if the baseline for making a move is becoming a front running contender, then they're doing this wrong because unless they're somehow going to turn Russ and the rest of this team into like Giannis and Steph and Jokic, that deal doesn't exist. But if your baseline is, which I think would be reasonable and sensible, become a legitimately competitive team, a team that, you know, assuming you can dig yourself out of a seven games below 500 hole and can get yourself playing competitive again, maybe you get yourself in the playoff mix, hope a few things break right for you, and you live with being competitive and entertaining. If that's and that is a reasonable baseline to search for, but mm -hmm. you need to see everybody that you have in order to figure out just how much ground you can make up between where they are now and what you want to be after a trade. Otherwise, you are just throwing away assets for the sake of either pleasing LeBron, pleasing Anthony Davis, pleasing Clutch, pleasing the media, pleasing fans momentarily. Yes. But in the end, you're not going to end up pleasing anybody. No, because if you keep losing, everybody's still going to be upset. Um, yep. Nobody's going to be, well, you made a big trade. Um, it's a, I want to come back to that you know, later in the show when we get into this question of AD and LeBron, this idea of you know getting into the playoffs and giving yourself a shot. Because I think it's relevant. I saw a great comment on the YouTube page about that. Um, the, 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 the third part of, of this, of these guys coming back you know, that you mentioned, is that when you are able to give, when you have more playable players, it removes people from your rotation. It means you either can, you know, limit the the minutes of a guy like Pat Beverly to the twenty minutes a night, twenty to twenty four that he probably should be playing, um, and it takes a guy like Nunn off the floor. And it's crazy to me 
that he's in that category of guys like that we're in a place right now where Kendrick Nunn is practicing with the G League team to try to find some kind of rhythm is is kind of mind-boggling just i mean i guess maybe i should have seen this coming just in the sense of underestimating how hard it is to miss an entire season particularly for um, an inexperienced player right you know ben simmons struggling in 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 brooklyn took jamal murray a solid 10 games to kind of really start to get his I mean look at him. what Clay Thompson's going through and he was part of a team that won a championship and Clay played the most minutes I believe in the finals of anybody on that team and Clay has been very outwardly going through struggles trying to get himself back mm-hmm. to you know not maybe not peak Clay Thompson form pre injury but something he finds acceptable right and so I, I so in that sense I may have underestimated but it is me still well. crazy to me that he is in that category because I had such incredible. I hope it works. I mean, it's better for the Lakers, but also just on a sort of human level to to see a, a guy miss a season and then struggle so badly going into a free agent year, regardless of whether or not he stays here or goes somewhere else, whatever. Like these are people, and you know, this is a young guy at a at a kind of a crossroads moment of his career, um, and. God, I hope it gets better. Interesting question, though, Brian. When Schroeder gets back, Thomas Bryant gets back, you have more options, and Darvin Ham can think about some of the guys he's been playing and who he might not play. What becomes of Max Christie? Because he ended up getting minutes over the last four or five games, basically the Matt Ryan minutes, but probably to some degree some Kendrick Nunn minutes as well. He's actually played pretty well minutes probably you know when you start the ripple effect a little bit of jta time like you know a lot of a lot of people are sitting because max christie is playing 20 minutes a night it's worth talking about we'll do it next locked on lakers is brought to you by turo turo is the world's largest car sharing marketplace with turo you can book any car you want wherever you want from a community of local hosts across the u.s the uk canada and coming soon to australia Browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget. Book an SUV or minivan for a family road trip, a pickup truck for some bulky errands, even test drive that new electric car you've always had your eye on to see how it fits into your everyday life. You can also find affordable economy cars if you're on a budget or if you just need to get from A to B. Sometimes you just got to drive to a different place. Many Turo hosts, they can even deliver your car right to you every trip is backed by liability insurance, terms, condition, and exclusions apply, Turo.com. What country was that, Andy? Australia. <laughs> Very good. Um, I want to I tell you about something else, something you can eat, Andy, something that will, is delicious, something that is nutritious. They are Built Bars, and they are specifically Built Bars' new reimagined flavors, cookie dough topper, coconut brownie bar, coconut brownie topper, White chocolate peppermint granola. It's Bilt's take on a granola bar, but it's so much more filling, so much tastier, and like this whole candy cane thing, like we're getting into that. People have skipped over Thanksgiving entirely, but that's fine because candy cane brownie is so delicious, and it's a puff, and Bilt puffs are like biting into the universe's most delicious cloud, and it takes you straight to Christmas, and that's where we are. Um, So this is what you want. It's 100% real chocolate, 17 grams of protein, and shockingly low in sugar and calories. Only 130 of them. So 
Go try this stuff. You go get 15% off your order right now by using the code LOCKEDON15 at Built.com. Again, you get 15% off your order by going and using the code LOCKEDON15 at Built.com. Um, so we'll get to this, these poll results around LeBron and AD because, you know, you want to talk about things that are central to the question of whether or not the Lakers ought to be making big moves to try to rescue this season. Uh, how good is Anthony Davis? How good is LeBron? That, that's kind of, that's it. That, that is the nut of the whole thing. Um, but let's talk about Max Christie real quick because you're right. When, when Schroeder comes back, that theoretically eats into some time. If you're going to be able, if you're going to play Thomas Bryant and go bigger, that bumps people down a little bit in the rotation, theoretically eats into, into some of Christie's time. That said, I am not 100% convinced that Max Christie is not going to keep playing because he's kind of just feeling like after a very raggedy preseason. I got the impression it was pretty clear Darvin Ham putting him out on the floor as a break glass in case of emergency, like someone around here needs to at least try to play defense. And Christie profiles that way. You know, he had an interesting box score the other night uh, when, the, when the Lakers won. He had no points, no assists. He took one shot. He had nine rebounds. Like there's yeah. all kinds of little stuff, and he was a plus on the floor. So it's like he is... I'm not saying he's a star, I'm not saying, but he is playable, which, again, watching the preseason or just saying you have a 19-year-old second-round pick, do you expect to be able to play him? The answer is no, and not on the Lakers, not on a on any team you don't expect 19-year-old second-round picks. Not unless you're rebuilding. Right, but, but like even then you're doing it with the idea that this guy's probably not playable, we just don't care. Um, the Lakers theoretically care who is playable and who isn't. And Christie has been a nice little surprise here. And as long as they don't overload him or expect too much, the shot's been okay. You know, he's hit a couple threes. He's, you know, uh, I think a smart player makes the right pass. And interestingly enough, I think is not trying to do too much, which is usually what happens to younger players and certainly was, I think, happening to him in the preseason. Yeah, if anything, he's actually gone the inverse of what, most young players try to do, which is put up as many shots as they can and try to impress with their scoring totals. He's really been making his impact defensively and on the glass. And I was looking up some of his numbers in November, and obviously this is small sample size theater, but I was just curious to see how some of these came out. His defensive ranking is the best among any rotation player in November other than Patrick Beverly. And He's got a negative net rating, but so does every rotation <laughs> regular. Mean, right. Again, except Beverly. Like Patrick and Beverly, by the, the way. The Lakers have a net negative uh, rating in everything. So, yeah. I mean, say what you will, by the way, too, about, you know, Patrick Beverly. And we've talked a lot about how defensively he's been solid, if not a lockdown guy, but offensively he's become a problem. He is a plus minus god <laughs> and a net rating god, advanced numbers god on this team. But, uh, Christie's negative net rating is middle of the pack among rotation players. He has the third best plus minus in November behind Beverly, who has the only positive, and then Lonnie Walker. He has the best overall rebounding percentage and defensive rebounding percentage among regulars in November, other than LeBron and AD. And, you know, like some of the other advanced numbers, like opponents' second chance points, opponent points off turnovers, he's towards the top of the team. Yeah. So he he's doing the things that you expect to come later for a young player trying to impress. But in the meantime, like you mentioned, Brian, the the three-point shot, he's shooting 50% over 
over his last four games. And, you know, it's really low volume, but he was a wreck shooting in the preseason. So it's a, it's a positive trend. Yeah, and, and it's one of these things. Like it, the point isn't like the numbers, it's too small a sample size. Numbers can disguise a lot of things. But the point is he's clearly not dam- – he's not doing damage when he's out there in a bad way. Um, he's not hurting them. His presence on the floor is not hurting them, and that's a lot to say for, again, 19-year-old second-round pick. Um, so good for him. He's shooting the ball pretty well when he decides to do it, um, not overshooting it and playing defense. And, by the way, the Lakers drafted him as somebody they hoped would be able to shoot yeah, three I mean, look, he's, and play defense. So, what I also like about him, too – he does not play scared at all. No, like, no. He looks absolutely confident when he's out there. He looks like a kid who thinks that he belongs. And I think he's also starting to recognize as he's out there, you know, the size that I have, the athleticism I have, the length. I may not know everything about playing at this level, but I do know how to use it. And I you can know do what? That. Yeah, it's absolutely. actually pretty good. Um, so let's turn our attention to this poll. And there's a lot to unpack here. Two polls. And it, Two polls, poll, poll, poll I. Um, there's a lot to unpack here, and I don't know, we may not, we we can carry some of this conversation into Thursday too. Um, so here's the 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 question that was asked. Um, do you consider LeBron clearly a top five player in the NBA? Do you consider Anthony Davis clearly a top ten player? Um, eighteen and a half percent said yes to both. Uh, 17.5% said yes to LeBron and no to AD. 12.5% said no to LeBron, not a top five player. But yes, Anthony Davis, clearly a top 10 guy. And, you know, maybe it's a sign of the times. Maybe it is just a sign of uh, frustration. Or maybe it is a a sign of reality. 51.5% say no to both. Uh, Both LeBron and both AD uh, and AD are not you know, top five, then top 10 players. Yeah, um, and then um, I, that was the Twitter results, but I actually put a poll out to our YouTube community, um, mm-hmm. which people, you know, subscribers to the page and stuff like that. You can find polls like that that we put out there. Same exact question. You consider LeBron clearly a top five player in the NBA, AD clearly top 10. And among you all, our community, uh, 23% said yes to both. 21% said yes, LeBron, no to AD. said no to LeBron, yes to AD, 47% no to both. Yeah. So, So, I mean, very similar, similar results. You know, we just got through uh, polling average season for the the midterm elections. I think, you know, what I, if I've learned anything, I've learned that uh, the the polling experts would say that those are pretty similar uh, results. And so, and not gerrymandered either. No. I don't know how you gerrymander a poll, but that's okay. I I, well, I, I I went to I went to two different places. I tried to get as wide a consensus as possible, as opposed to trying to narrow it to results that I well, wanted. yeah, we only have access to two, <laughs> two spots. <laughs> that's all we got, and I suspect some people probably answer on both. But whatever. The point being, uh, pretty similar results. Were you surprised at any of those numbers? Before we I get into whether or not we agree, I'm just I'm interested in in in, in the response first. I was a, I was a little bit surprised with about 50% cumulatively between both polls said no to both guys. Uh-huh. Even recognizing how this season has gone, how people including us can be prisoners of the moment 
and how the last few years have just gotten increasingly more frustrating and uh, more incompetent at times, at times seemingly more hopeless. Given also, though, how much we've heard both from our Locked on Lakers community, but also from people on Twitter at Cam Brothers, the desire to make a deal, I was surprised that it came out to that many people, I guess, wanting a deal, but also expressing that type of doubt in both LeBron and AD, which, you know, it should be noted saying that you don't think LeBron is definitively top five anymore, AD definitively top 10 is not the same thing as saying both guys are bad. And I don't think anybody answering this poll would think that. But there's a difference. There's a long way your... between like seven and trash. Right. But I was going to say the difference in thinking LeBron is clearly top five, AD is clearly top 10, and thinking LeBron's maybe now around seven to nine, AD's 11 to 15. Those are still really great players. But as far as your foundation goes, it's a different deal. That's a yeah. really different deal. Um, so. The next question becomes, is the community correct? Um, and that is the question I want to ask next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football to basketball to soccer and esports. They've got it all covered at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, which I assume that you do because – you're here with us right now. You can find those at Bet Online at well. All the content you possibly need. Always the fastest, easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device. Learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. Okay, so I think the the, the crux of this question is two things. It's it's and for me, it really is. It's the word clearly, and then it's a consideration of everything that goes into being. A play like you know a player of that caliber including are you can i rely on you to be there to be on the floor because you know lebron for example the numbers aren't what they were last year but if you kind of divorce yourself from like the concern of hmm, is lebron still lebron is he still the guy who was a, you know an mvp candidate before he got hurt last year if the team was better um, and just kind of look at the numbers. The numbers still, you know, in a vacuum, the numbers are still really good NBA numbers. They're just not good for LeBron. But is he there all the time? Like, you know, I I actually, I don't agree that the numbers, if you look at LeBron, like among the top 20 scores, which LeBron, as of this recording, is 14th at just under 25 points per game. His points come starkly more inefficiently than just about everybody else in the top 20. So I, I right, think you but, have to... But I'm just saying, if you have, he's averaging 29, 25, 9, and 7. Like that in a vacuum. Right, is a, but, but how you get your 25 points matters. Okay, but the, eight, the 9 and the 7 matter too. So all I'm saying is, in a vacuum, LeBron is still a very, you know, he's putting up good numbers. But for me, at least, answering this question, there are definitively at least five or six players that I would take in front of him. Like if I'm just like picking players on a team, Giannis, I think, is definitively a better player now than LeBron. I think Luka is. I think Steph is. I think Embiid is. I think Jokic is. I think KD is. Um, 
you know, you can argue about the the durability of some of these guys. And LeBron at his peak is still as good, you know, night on a, on a nightly basis as any of them. But consistently, over an 82-game regular season, now 69 games left. Those guys definitely have an edge, to me, over LeBron. Um, you know, you could start making arguments for somebody like Jason Tatum to go John in that Morant. Group. John Morant could go in that group. And none of this is a slam against LeBron. This is a sign of, A, how good everyone... You know, there are a lot of great players in this league. You know, and so... Um, but it's also, know, it's also, though, a reflection of the reality that mm-hmm. LeBron is in decline. Yeah, he's come back to the pack. Absolutely. Right. I mean, that that decline is at this level in season 20 at almost age 38. That is a remarkable achievement. I want to make it clear because I've right. pointed out the inefficiencies with the scoring numbers. The free throws uh, percentage is way down this year as well. Uh, turnovers are a little bit up. Like, none of this is to lose sight of how incredible it is that he can do this at this age. It's a remarkable feat. But the fact that it's remarkable doesn't get you extra credit in the actual games. Right. Like in terms of in terms of what you need, you don't get any extra points for historical. And so with AD then you start asking questions like who do you start to put ahead on it? again, it's not peak AD. It's what is, you know, AD on a night in night out basis, because again, the numbers kind of looking AD is interesting to me too, because he, he's very much, I think can be like, if you're outside, I'd love to hear what people outside of LA think of the way AD is performed, because maybe they're not quite as critical of, of it. You know, when you see just kind of the numbers and he's averaging, you know, 25 points a game or 24 points a game, I should say. He's averaging over 11 rebounds. He's almost blocking two shots a game. He's averaging over a steal a night. Um, you know, he's, I think, 10th in the league in PER, flawed statistic, but again, decent shorthand. Um, you know, do you put guys like Tatum in there, uh, Gilgis Alexander, who's just crushing it right now with OKC? Um, you know, is Jimmy Butler? You know, Donovan Mitchell's been amazeballs. Like, you start to get into a bunch of guys and for me, it's not based on – I feel like AD at his peak is better than a lot of them, but I just don't feel like I see it enough. And the pressure on him to perform at an incredibly high level is is just stark on this team. I was going to say, with AD, you get into the extra layer of what he's doing in a vacuum might be really damn good but needing it to be better because of the dynamic of LeBron in dissension and yeah. where and where things were, where things were supposed to be headed and I think where the front office absolutely pictured this going by their fourth season together like there was a plan involved with this you know it, if LeBron was still peak LeBron AD being somewhere between 10 and 15 would be fine. In the same way that Kobe, at his peak, as a top five player, Powell being somewhere 10 to 15 in the league, something like that, was just fine because Kobe was still peak Kobe. Yeah, this, and, you know, the the question, here, the question I want to save, because, you know, I think we'll have to save some of these questions, is, you know, you brought it up, like LeBron's dominance or, or relative declining dominance impacts what you need from AD and the answer to the question of what's acceptable from him. The next question becomes, and we don't, don't answer it now, but you know, put it out there for people to think about it, for you to think about it, for me to think about it. 
does adding Miles Turner and Buddy Heald fill some of that gap? Does it make it so LeBron's decline is bolstered? Does it make it so Anthony Davis can both be better uh, potentially uh, because he's got Miles Turner with him, give him a little more help and all that, doesn't have to do quite as much defensively? Um, and maybe ele- does it elevate Anthony Davis to a place where you need him to be? So, like, these are all really important considerations the Lakers have to make. But what I what I really love about this question is it is we are so, you know, we're up to, you know, I would say our hair tops if we had any. Um, thinking about every little nuance of this. And I wonder, you know, Anthony Davis doesn't score in the fourth quarter. And I'm I am a hundred percent sure that if Giannis or Donovan Mitchell or, you know, Jokic or Luca wasn't scoring in the fourth. They would be talking about it on Locked On Nuggets and Locked On Bucks and Locked On Mavs and all that kind of stuff. But you understand what I'm getting at? Like, we see so much, and it's easy when things are going well to th- overvalue your players, to overvalue. But it's also easier when things are going bad to just assume that your guys are trash and you're the only team that has these troubles. And I have. I am having I'm struggling with that balance when I try to think about where these guys are because the rest of the roster is problematic. But again, the the reason that I was even thinking about this question in the first place and you know put it out there was just when you start thinking about this from the perspective of supplementing LeBron because all this is is at the end of the day about LeBron. I mean even yeah, more agree. so than with AD. I mean like they're the idea of what you owe LeBron, what you want to give a superstar, particularly if you're the Lakers, who's made their entire branding around superstars and treating it's what them Rob, right. It's what Rob Palenka talked about in, right. tra- you know, in, in media day. It didn't come up in the same context with AD. Right. Um, the difference between supplementing LeBron and supporting LeBron, and then the idea of how much support does he actually need it should at least color the question of how successful do you think you will actually be in doing this? And therefore, is it worth doing? No no matter what you think your franchise ethos is, it doesn't change the question of, is this actually worth it on the court or not? So let's save this for for Thursday's show. In addition, any other news that comes out of practice, the Lakers are going to be back on the floor uh, uh, on on Thursday. uh, And then, you know, to get to get I'm yeah, to get ready for I'm sorry, I'm, they'll be back out on the floor on Wednesday to get ready and Thursday to get ready for Friday's game. Um, but let's say this for for tomorrow's show, this question of like if the crowd is correct, because again, the, the question says clearly, mm-hmm. are they top five slash top ten? And I think I agree with the crowd. I think the answer is no. What does that mean? I agree as well. And what do they do? Um, because they're not bad. These are still two really good players. But it impacts the answer. So that's uh, that. We'll do that tomorrow. And uh, Locked On Lakers on YouTube, where you can go to see the show, to um, check everything out, and uh, leave your comments, leave your questions, especially on this question that we'll be we're carrying over for another day. Uh, and uh, we'll see everybody on Thursday. Thursday. Spring is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit make these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. 
That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the super light tree runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The eucalyptus fiber upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Superlight Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Superlight shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And, because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.